0: Man, oh man, I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Misha, and she is an England native and now lives in Canada. So a Canadian English, I don't even know what you would call her. I'm sure she has a name. <laughs> her name is Misha, right? But she has so much life inside of her and so many incredible journeys and paths and, you know, identities that she has lived beneath, but ultimately it's this knowing that She is more even than what she is right now, right? We all are. And I think there's such a gift to that, this openness that she has multiple projects taking place. And she's also conscientious of the ones that are super impactful, whether it's for the one or the one million. She's got an incredible show it's called Hey Misha. It's for kids and she's an executive producer and a host of it. It's faith based and we can access it on YouTube right now, which you should go check out. Hey Misha. Don't do it right now. Hold on. Stop. Stay here or subscribe, review, follow. What do they call it now? Right? Nowadays on podcasting. Everything's changing. You also can watch this live and in action on Facebook or our YouTube channel. We've clipped out a couple of the incredible parts to this conversation. So follow us, hang out with us, get in touch with Misha at I am Misha on Instagram. And for the next hour, enjoy your listening episode with the one and only Misha Watson. It was such a joy. You are going to take away so much, not just about your vision, but also about your dreams and how to actually not be realistic and to dream small. Weird, right? Yeah, let's go. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. FIT is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do but strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so excited to be on the show today with Misha Watson. Every time I'm in the background, I'm in the green room just like grooving
1: to those beats
0: (laughs) before we go live. And it gets me so hyped to be able to introduce you all to incredible human beings. I mean, we do this week after week, sometimes multiple times a week. And Misha knows all about this. She's an executive producer. So my my little show over here that's been running for four seasons and 250 plus interviews ain't got nothing on her. She's been here for <laughs> a decade in the industry as a host and an executive producer. And so I can't wait for you guys to just learn her backstory Uh, We always say the messy comeback stories to our own versions of success here. So that's going to get her wheels spinning as she dives in to share a bit about who she is. But Misha, we're so grateful to have you here. Thanks.
1: Thanks for
2: having me. I'm so excited.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Y'all, so I want to hear like first and foremost, where did you get started? Right? I know that you have background um, from being an England native and then transferred over to Canada at some point. So Tell us kind of the evolution journey of Misha Watson.
2: Okay. Yes. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Uh, Born in London, England, and I was one of those kids where some people would say, oh, did you ever think you'd be an actress? Did you ever think you'd be a producer? Like, for me, nobody could deny that I was a character (laughs) before. I was always the one who um, loved group work, loved collaboration, loved anything creative. But also, I just loved to talk. I loved to create. I was the one who painted on all the walls in my house. I was the one who did all the doodles in the back of textbooks. I've always been like creatively driven. Um, But for the first part of my career, uh, I shouldn't say career, my hobbies, I guess, it was all about me. It was like, how can I perform so people can see me? How can I create so people can see me? It's all about me. And then throughout my career, uh, I got saved as an adult grew up in the church, left the church, got saved. And then God was like, Hey, we're going I'm going to bring you success. Come on. Um, we're going to glorify my name. And when I got saved, I understood it. I was like, ah,
1: that's how you <laughs> do it. Yes. And that's, <laughs> that's been my journey. So, it's so <laughs> incredible. That's so
0: funny. Cause I, I did the same thing. I, I didn't come to know Jesus in a relational way until I was 29 And I had been an entrepreneur for the decade prior to that and been starting great businesses. I had signed just like three years prior to that, like a nine-figure contract for a global nursing bra line. And so I felt like I was like, oh yeah, I know how to do this. I know how to own this. I can do it myself. And then I met Jesus (laughs) and I recognized that that was so, there was no sustainability in my plan, right? But God has made my plan because of his plan sustainable. Yeah. And it's that vision that we have such limited capacity and understanding to that he magnifies. And it's such a gift to be in that place, but it took some humility shifting.
2: Yes. <laughs> I always <laughs> say that. Like, I can point out specific moments in the early part of my career where God was using people and experiences to humble me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at the time, I was like, ew, I do not <laughs> want to be humbled in this way. <laughs> But I look back and I'm so grateful it happened in the beginning because it's kind of helped me today to not have to continually learn how to be a humble person, but also to give glory to God constantly. Not when yes. do, it's yes. always do, right? So even yes. the other day, my mom, I said, Mom, I deserve this dress. It was like $300. Yep. And I was like going to a wedding and I was like, The bride probably paid less for her dress because it was. <laughs> COVID wedding type thing? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't
2: care. I deserve it. And she goes, you do not deserve it, but you are blessed for the fact that you can afford it.
0: (laughs) Thank you, mama.
2: I needed that. I needed that. And I'm so grateful for my my mom.
0: (laughs) I love that. And it, it takes those moments, but it also knowing that we can combat that almost immediately. Right. And, and to know that we have to have that Convictable spirit. We have to be okay to keep our hearts open to the moments where somebody's like, I'm going to sharpen you real quick. Yeah. (laughs) That's not usually how it goes. Usually, if we're being sharpened, there's a reactionary response, Mm -hmm. right? Where we're just like immediately like, I don't feel comfortable right now. This is not what I believe. This is not how Mm -hmm. I should act. It's all of the things that we just want to jump in like a cat and fix it, right? As I'm a fixer, I'm a, a recovering perfectionist.
1: Wow so, ah, okay. <laughs> right so I
0: think it's so important for us to be able to keep our hands wide open not just in the mm-hmm. in the receiving but in the giving and knowing that there's got to be this give and take for the holy Spirit, and if we 're not willing to be convicted, he isn't capable of blessing us
2: Wow, that's so good it is true we're not capable of being convicted. I feel like that's something to be said for a lot of um anyone in leadership right now in ministry should double check. Am I able to be convicted? Like, do, do I have people around me who um, are able to hold me accountable? Do I have people around me who are checking my humility? Am I listening? Am I hearing them? Am I I even, I'm a quite a direct person. Most Londoners are. Um, (laughs) And sometimes I feel like I need to give space to be humbled. Like, to actually ask someone hey like i'm trying to grow in this area if from your perspective am i
0: so good allowing them to like
2: say something that might be like oh no no you know giving them i said to a friend recently she's wonderful i said to her uh yeah this this girl she called me stubborn and she went (laughs) yeah and what's the yeah
1: and i was like oh i
2: guess oh my gosh am i stubborn so then i went to people i trust not any old person and i was like is that a characteristic of mine, like, like stubbornness? And they were like, yeah. And I, it, uh, oh, okay. Uh, I had no. they're like, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when I'm operating in an unhealthy space, right. uh, my stubbornness is not a gift. You know, it's like, it, it, it hurts. Yeah. And so it can hurt a lot of people, can hurt my work, can hurt my ministry. So um, they were like, the stubbornness isn't necessarily the bad thing, but there's a way in order God's going to use it for his glory. Right. And it's good for you to be aware of that. Right.
0: Well, I think about like, holding enemy lines, right? Like you have to be stubborn in, in in the sense of the essence of the word in order to have defense mechanisms to be able to hold and carry the weight of the armor of God. But there's a way of being stubborn that is grace-filled. Um, yeah. And that also allows us to be malleable. And that's that mm. component of, can I be convicted? And I think yeah. you're just openness to it and then recognition of it. Because sometimes we go through so supersonic, this has always worked, it doesn't seem to be bothering anyone, that we forget to, to really take a look in the mirror on our own identity. And I think really asking for constructive criticism is generally something we do in like an office setting, yeah. <laughs> but it's not something we do as just humanity. And I yeah. think if we gave ourselves the opportunity to do that with our friends and family more often, could mm-hmm. really, we could write a new story for ourselves in our becoming
2: journey yeah even like i feel like i feel more loved knowing that they know me yeah better than i thought they did you know like i yeah. gave them the opportunity to to speak about me to me and now i'm like oh i'm so loved because they know me so well yeah. and they and they me love
1: me even know i'm
2: stubborn. <laughs> those, yeah like literally they, they're like oh no like if you want to do something you're gonna do it and like regardless of what i say and I'm like, and you still like me? Like I know you love me. You're my yeah. mom. You love me, you're my aunt. You're happy, whatever. But you, you like me. You are willing to work with me. You are, you know, um, guiding me too. You're, yeah. you know, you say certain things. You, you hint at certain things. You uh, give me advice, knowing my stubbornness, so that I can continue to grow despite the things about me that God is trying to sharpen away. And that's like, oh, I feel so loved. Like. It's great. I recommend it. I mean,
0: it's a really good perspective to take right? versus that I'm going to reject you or abandon you now that you've called something that doesn't feel comfortable to change because mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing. When you're convicted of something or you're brought to awareness of something, you do have a choice. You have a choice to stay the, the same path or you have a choice to become. And The becoming process, it sounds lovely, becoming. I just love that word, but it, there's also the element of this is gonna be hard. I'm gonna have to release things. As mm-hmm. you were talking about stubbornness, I was thinking about my own leadership um journey and and hiring a team and having a team. And I'm sure as an executive producer, there's a lot of people around you to help bring something mm-hmm. to life. And leadership has really been something I've been leaning into really forever. I used to host leadership workshops and be the, you know, the camp counselors and things like that when I was young, but yeah. really in this season of life, especially this season of life connected to my relationship with the Lord is God, where, where can I release, where can I become? And it's this releasing of micromanaging. And because I felt and still feel sometimes like I'm the girl for the job, like God gave me this vision. And if it's not done in this precise way, then it's not, I'm not doing my due diligence. And so when I hire someone to do a thing that they're better at me to do, (laughs) <laughs> but I still think that I need to have my fingers on it. It's actually devaluing the people we're connected to and it's inhibiting our
2: growth. Yes. Yes. I always say this to my team. I just literally had a meeting today. Yeah. to ensure sure I'm not micromanaging because I'm exactly okay. <laughs> right. And it was, and the word devalue, man, that's kind of exactly what it was. Uh, feeling like you need to touch it because God gave you the vision. God gave you the plan. God made you the, you know, uh, the spearhead. But yeah. there are, th- one thing I've realized is that there are things that the Holy Spirit has given to them that you haven't heard yet. Yeah, They're supposed to give good. you, but if you don't give them an opportunity and give them that platform to be able to do what the Holy Spirit has guided them to do, you, you miss out. And then we all that's
1: lose so right. You're We so so- you
2: need that space, right? And so, even though it goes, you know, executive director and then editor, or producer, or whatever, I only have people on my team who are creative, so talented, trustworthy, great team players, kind, which means that they have more to teach me than, you know, than they had to just do for me. They, I could learn from them as well. So I want to give them that platform. And sometimes it is so hard because really we, do, we do so many things here that I, I just want to move quickly and get stuff done. I'm like, I can do it myself. Because I had so many years of hustling by myself.
1: Right. Um,
2: but now I go, no, like, I can trust my team to like yeah. follow through. And and then, you know, you have your times where you're like, oh, yeah.
1: you could have done a <laughs> that be better. On that one. You yeah, know, exactly. well, Are you open to some
0: constructive criticism? <laughs> right? <laughs> we make way for ourselves,
1: <laughs> but it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So I love this. And I love the conversation that has evolved, knowing that it's not just about like, your journey, but how it actually impacts and can teach other and train other people. But I'd love to hear about your evolution into being an executive producer and running that team and talk to us about how, Hey Misha has kind of evolved because you guys haven't really heard about this at all. So talk to us about Hey Misha first and then how that evolution piece with doing it has, has come cool. to be.
2: So I started out my career as an actress and I, um, was an actress for maybe I don't know the the number of years anymore It it's so all over the place but for a number of years I was an actress with an agent and I was booking 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 and loving it and then I booked a gig at a children's tv station in Canada so it's called YTV and it's kind of like um Nickelodeon okay Canada and it was like the it was like the big break like I was finally on national television and I was with like you know, this one guy, Carlos, who I basically grew up watching on TV. Like, I was going to be able to work with them. Huge wow. thing. So for three years, I got to host on that show and had the time of my life. i grew in my skills. I was still auditioning. Actually, funny part of that story with humbling is that while I was on that show, um, I was still working a bunch of different jobs. And I went to the Canadian Screen Award, which is the Emmys of Canada. Uh-huh. And we were hosting. I was wearing a $6,000 dress. At that thing that I rented. By the way, I rented. Make it very (laughs) clear. Did not buy that dress. I rented the dress, (laughs) and the next day I was picking up dirty towels at Good Life Fitness. Wow! Right? Like the wow! Wow! Look at me, Bella the ball. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me to this place. And the very next day, I'm like, "What is on this towel?
1: What is this thing? Wow! That is
2: huge! Like huge, humbling experience, but um. It was so helpful to me in my, the rest of my career, just knowing that like God is working in and throughout every minute detail of my life. And I never tried, so that not feeling alone in that, knowing that He's right there in the middle of it. Um, But yeah, so there for three years, but while I was there, I was like, I'm hosting. So it's my own words, but for the most part, there's a writing team. They write the content and then I say the content. Sure. And there's a bit of like, you know, wiggle room, but not a whole lot. And I felt so important, such a tugging on my heart, that I needed to write what I was saying.
1: Cool.
2: I've always been um, an activist in regards to and an advocate for women, women of color, immigrants, single women, you know? And on that show, I was like, oh, I'm so boxed in here. And so I started producing other things like i started just taking side jobs and producing and i was like paing for things i was like grabbing the coffee runner for some things and yeah. all over the place and i started getting some traction and then uh i was just praying god what am i gonna do and then i ended up going to get some classes and stuff like that and i had dropped out of school so many times throughout my life I was like, all right let's give school another shot and i did school for a little while paid the money that i didn't even have to spend it was like god just presented me with a Residual check from a commercial, and I just put it all on, like all on red. And I went to school. Um, And then, the end of school, I was reached out to by a CEO of the TV station I work at now, Yes TV. And she was like, We're doing, she's like, I'd love you to come in for for an interview on one of our shows. I was like, Yeah, are you kidding? Let's do it. I go to the show and I'm talking about my life. And oh my gosh, I was actually wearing the sweater. That's funny. Um, (laughs) And I'm literally like, talking to her, and it's so fun. And then, Uh, and another host as well and I leave and she goes what do you want to do and I'm like this I was like I want to create content I was like I want to sit in a room and like brainstorm create the content and then effect change instantaneously I want to do that and she's like okay come back in the new year and pitch me something better believe Tamara I pitched her three TV shows I was like
1: One of these is down the land.
2: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I went with three different concepts. I pitched the show in in January. No, yeah, January. It got greenlit in March. We had recorded it by June. We had aired it by August. It was the craziest year of my life. And it was just go, 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 go. And yeah, so ever since then, I've been executive producer and host of Hey Misha, but Working at a TV station and a non I'm on so many projects constantly and it is crazy. I'm literally in the office right now, like in between meetings and stuff like that because it's crazy, but it's so fun. And what's great about it is I feel like we can affect change instantaneously. Like that's the thing about media. Yeah. It can get right into their hands right away. And as long as you are like um, taking the time to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to what God is telling you, you can actually say something that the Holy Spirit is saying to you and it can get out to thousands of people or even just one person yeah. right now. And I just think that's so exciting. So that's kind of been my my journey. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's so powerful and I love like, obviously the, the end there, the, the dovetail of that is the knowing that it's all faith based. Right. And so for God to open that door and say, you're going to have not only an opportunity that I'm opening in the lane that you want to do it, but also to do it and glorify my name, which goes completely back to the beginning of your story of like, he gets it all like he, he gets it all. And I just love that so much. And also to know I don't even know what is on. Is this on like right Nickelodeon still style or do they have to pay to have access to this channel?
2: Uh, so, or so, well, yeah. So the original show that I was on is on YTV. It's right. cable, that everyone gets it. It's like okay. a common consumption. Yeah, it's like yeah, sure. sure. It. My show is on our TV station, but it's also on streaming platforms. So we're currently oh, on cool. uh, two streaming platforms. We have another one that's currently in distribution and then one's a us distributor and then we have obviously youtube okay and so basically we're like let's make it in a way where kids can actually watch it because most families don't have cable right now right so we were like we can put it on cable because then you know they'll see it but we should really get it into their hands so we were like let's find the streaming platforms that have kid focused stuff and get it there and the reason we go to youtube is because we're like well what about the kids who don't go to church how can they watch it or kids who go to their friend's house and they watch it, and they're like, "How can I watch it when I go home?" YouTube, because all kids are yeah. on there. So, like, the content, so. yeah. But it's nice. good that for like, the groundedness of making content that's about God, it's different from making content and saying, "You can be all you want to be, and you are amazing, and you are awesome," because they are amazing and they are awesome. They're awesome because they're created in the image of. God. Did you know yeah, what I mean? Like, God. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
2: It's like, it just feels so much more. I, I feel like I can go the long haul in my career now because yeah. it's grounded yeah. in my faith.
0: Well, and and that was literally, I was just thinking is, there's going to be ebbs and flows of conversations that are happening in society all the time, right? Cultural conversations, political conversations, educational conversations, it's constantly changing, but truth is truth and it's truth today and it's truth tomorrow and it's truth forever. And so this isn't content that's going to go away, which is something Mm -hmm. that I think is so powerful. It's everlasting. It's ever, it's ever evolving because of how it plays out in cultural conversations. But Mm -hmm. what somebody or comes across now is going to be just as valuable to them as it would be 20 or 200 years from now.
1: Exactly. It's,
0: it's evergreen. It's
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> okay.
0: so good. And so I am, I'm so thrilled to hear about this piece because I do think the show, FIT, the acronym stands for Founders, Innovators, and Trailblazers. And Ooh. that's exactly who you are, it's who you represent, it's and it's really the community in which we serve here. So, if you were to speak into an entrepreneurial mind or a trailblazer or an innovator from the lens of your expertise, knowing that they may or may not want to be an executive producer one day, they may or may not even want to be a content creator, how would mm-hmm. you, you know, speak to them? I think all of us are content creators at this point, whether we believe we are or not.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, you mean advice for them, like what I would. Yeah
0: just some things that you've perhaps learned from your journey and how it would apply to them, whether it be in leadership or in trailblazing.
2: Well, okay. So I heard this recently and I'm like, Oh, this is great. So one was don't be realistic, which was like, okay, like what does that mean? I think what I can take from that is, um, so often the world is going to make it seem like what you're thinking or what God is telling you to do is a little bit crazy, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: and a little bit weird, a little bit countercultural. But um the verse I've been leaning on for this last little season is Romans 12, 12, where it talks about not conforming to the ways of the world, because in that, as you don't conform, God is going to be able to reveal to you what he wants you to do. And I was like, well... If God is revealing it to me, then it's probably going to look different than the way the world is revealing it to me. So it's going to be a little bit weird, which means it's probably not going to be super realistic, as because I'm a bit crazy. And so let's let's not be realistic. So I I, I really do like that terminology me there. Too. Like, oh, but my second piece of advice is um, is dream small, which I know is like counter to it, but you know, entrepreneurs yeah, trailblazers, we're always shifting, we're always shifting, and it's uh, um. Because uh, dream small is what do you have in your hand right now? Because often it. us we're dreamers, right? So we're like, oh, yeah. I really want to make, like, you know, um, you know, create a podcast. Yeah. What do you have in your hand right now? You have a phone. You probably have an Instagram account. You have live. But why yeah. don't you start doing live to see, like, that vibe and move from there. And then you get some posts on there. Maybe someone says, oh, I'd love to sponsor you. Great. You get some money. Amazing. Buy a microphone. You go, you know, it can go from there, but like what do you have in your hands right now? So like dream small, like just straight up before you spend the money, actually recently I had to talk to some girls who they're creating this huge web series. And I was like, just spending your own money. But if you could just use what you had in your hand right now and then a small, high quality piece, maybe someone else would pay for it. Yeah. So sometimes people think about what do I have in my hand right now to do what God is calling me to do? Because you may already have the resources you need. Um so dream small, but then also don't
1: be be realistic. realistic.
0: It's a really good like partnering conversation with those two concepts. First off, I feel like they're really good book titles. So if they haven't been taken, (laughs) grab it. It's so good, right? Uh, But additionally, it's this conversation of peculiarity. And it's literally biblical for us to stand as peculiar people, meaning it's going to look counterculture. And that feels really uncomfortable. But being outside of the boat, literally getting out off of a boat and walking on water is really peculiar. It's really uncomfortable. You have no idea what's actually going to happen, but that's when we're in full faith. That's when we're in full trust. That's when we're in full connection with God, right? Like as soon as Peter took his eyes off God, he started to sink. And so if we decide to take that step and be peculiar, be counterculture, don't be realistic and to dream small, Mm -hmm. I feel like that really talks to humility. It says, you're right. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it and you're going to do it, right? Because I am giving you my body, because I am sacrificing my flesh as Jesus did for us, right? I'll do it for you. And I think that there's just a lot of beauty to that. And for founders, innovators, and trailblazers, we're used to being out front. We're used to being the visionary. We're always called to dream big, dream big, yeah. think big, right? These are book titles. Those ones are. Yeah. And so let's let's flip that script. I'm going to literally, I always come to these podcasts with like the anticipation of like, what's the thing I'm going to learn, right? And Ooh. we talk about either touching the 10,000 who might listen to this episode or the one person. And sometimes I get to be that one person. I, I always come with that yeah. mindset. And this is definitely the two things that I'm going to take away is, is the dream small and don't Mm. be realistic. It makes me think actually of this concept of like SMART goals. I'm sure you've heard of them over Mm. and over. It's like SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Right? So you have to have SMART goals. They always tell you this. But I recently published a book in October, and I talked about the acronym being wrong because those allow us to only think in the understanding of what we can accomplish and smartest goals, which is the new acronym of the EST that I added, E stands for to evaluate, S stands for sharing, and T stands for tailor-made. And this is the element of inviting God into our goal setting so that we can actually attain what it is that he has created us to do, rather than what a lot of us in our flesh are capable of attaining, just like you and I were in our paths prior to being wrecked. We could attain it, but could we sustain it? No. And so sustaining comes in the evaluation, the sharing of what it is that God's given you so that other people can partner with you, and the fact that it's tailor-made for you and you alone, which creates that conversation of peculiarity.
2: Yes. Yes. I love it. I even, right. that's what, that, I think that right there is the uh, is a book, book title, as you yes. say. Because Even just that, because I think um, I love hearing people's stories because I'm like, yes. oh, how did God affect changing your life? Like, how did you get to that space? Because I'm an executive producer. One of my best friends is an executive producer. We have totally different ways of getting there and oh. how God guided us. But we were all going to end up, we were both going to end up here as executive producers at the same time but we got here in such ways and i'm thinking the way you got here i would not i would I wouldn't <laughs> <That> be- <me. laughs> like literally if i went through that i'd probably be like no, no longer a christian at all <laughs> like how did you make your way through that like you know um I, you know it's, i just i absolutely love that tailor-made it's
0: so it's good. good i love it The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points, what they wear, where they go, what they do. When we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of Growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful, faith driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in-real-life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake, and that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation, so get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference, but you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. I'm thinking through, like, did you have somebody who you were aspiring to at some point watching when you were young and knowing that, like, I made for the stage? God created and fashioned me for this, made to be chatty. We talked about that offline before we came. She was <laughs> like, I just love podcasts. I can just be chatty, Kathy, and no one's judging me because that's what you, you had me here for. No. Was there anybody <laughs>
1: that you, like, mirrored or you were following? I'm laughing
2: because um, when I started out, I really was all about myself. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, for a good portion of my come-up, I saw my own face. I was like, what is Misha doing today? Like, how is Misha going to make her way through this? Misha's going to be a star. It was all, like, focused on myself. Like, I didn't – it wasn't like there was someone on TV where I was like, I can't wait to one time be like her. Because, to be honest with you, there really wasn't. There wasn't, like, a black British immigrant girl, like, dude, this didn't exist. So I wasn't looking at anyone. I didn't think anything was missing. I was like, "There's not like black women missing. There's me. I'm missing." It was kind of about me. So it was like God was building that self confidence in me. Yes, and then later on, the humility Um, (laughs) in that to kind of Both and there, yeah. Like I, I I laugh when I read my diary from back then. Like, oh my gosh, Becci, I can't believe I spoke about myself in the third person like that. Wow. (laughs) Um, But uh, that was what it was like for the beginning. For my career now, it is all about. Um, women who are speaking up in the church community, because I am so inspired by women I'm surrounded by. There's so many women that are taking new ground in the church over here in Canada. And I'm so proud to like, they call me their, um, I'm like, I'm a lot, a lot of people's nieces. Like I'm like their spiritual niece. Oh, Cause in the black community, aunties, right? Auntie, yeah, so yeah. it's like, you know, aunt so it's like niece, niece. I just feel like, now i'm like oh my gosh like she called me her niece on Instagram. oh my gosh like there's just so many women who i look up to and i i had an incident a couple of years ago actually it was literally 2020 so i guess two years ago where i was having a panic attack like it was just the most scary thing and it was to do with like what was happening in the church at the time and it was very confusing and I have friends and I have family, but I needed to call this one specific speaker. She's not like a friend of mine necessarily, but
1: interesting.
2: I just felt connected to her. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to just call her. And I, and I texted her and I said, oh no, I called her on Instagram Messenger. <laughs> That's crazy, right? And I'm like, gh, gh, you know, <laughs> and she didn't answer. Busy. Then she called me back. She said, call me right now. And I'm like, oh, I call her and I tell her what's happening and she prays with me. She talks with through. And I thought, you know, often you don't want to reach out because you're thinking, Oh, this person I look up to is probably busy. They have other things to do, whatever. But I'm so glad I did because now we have a friendship and I'm one of her nieces. So it's one of those things where, um, I'm so grateful that I have people to look up to because they get where I'm at in my career and they're able to guide me and go, you need to read this part of the Bible. And I'm like, okay. I read it. I derive what I think is from it. I bring it to them. They know the Bible way better than I do. Walk me through what there is to learn. And then I can grow, which is so cool. Because uh, being yeah. a producer, it's a niche job to be in, a niche part of ministry. And in, in the kids space where I'm not really like a, I'm not, I don't have any kids or anything. So it's like super, super niche. So to have people who can speak into that and make it biblical is
0: So critical. And it it really is that element. I'm thinking even through as the lens of a mom, right? Like there's this whole other thing where I'm watching what's transpiring culturally or access that they have or thought patterns that they have, which my husband and I are always like, we didn't have to deal with that. My mom, who has recently moved in with us for the last year and a half at this point, she's Mm -hmm. like Parenting was not like this when I was younger. They didn't have this this conversation. They didn't even know about these things. And so Mm -hmm. our children are just, they're wise beyond their years, and yet their wisdom is still lacking because of the information that's being given to them, right? So it's technically not wisdom at all. It's just a knowledge base that could either hinder or harm them. And I honestly think that is what's transpiring because... Mm -hmm. When you look through educational realm, there are some things that are being taught. There are some agendas that are coming at them, especially media, even YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And so how do we as parents and also us as women and entrepreneurs... How do we now evoke that sense of armor, right? The Ephesians 6, like how do I armor my child up so that when they are given information, when they do get presented new knowledge, they can have a filter and it can become wisdom and application yeah. rather than false identity.
2: Right, yeah. It's actually funny because a lot of parents will ask me, will come to me with situations like that. Like how do I help my kid, Um in regards to this specific topic. And I always say, like, first and foremost, I did not go to child psychology school. I'm not a student pastor. I do not have any kids. My niece is 15 years old. Like,
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Thing. But then I say, um, because I spend a lot of time with my like, good news kids who are in my show, and critical thinking. So good. They need to be able to, I, like, we need to teach them the, the thinking part, like how to think for themselves. Yep. And I think that's one thing my parents did after dinner every night. We would always talk. We would always kind of argue about things. And, yeah, yeah, I didn't have all the information, but it was an, a way for my parents to kind of guide the way I was understanding things. Cool. And it is spending a lot of time with your kids in those moments. Whenever you do have the opportunity. Um, with Hey Misha, my show, it's a co-view show. So we've written it in a way that parents are not going to fall asleep. That's our hope, Aww. is that they can watch it. And they can laugh at it. And there's certain like, you know, little jokes in there where I'm like, oh, my parent will totally get that. That was a throwback joke
1: or something like that. Just so that
2: that. parents will sit with their kids and watch the show. And I love seeing photographs of parents with their kids seeing like, I actually like watched it together with my kid. I love the show. And I think that's a great place because when they watch it, then they can ask the question, hey, mom, like, what about that? And then they can talk and have critical like thinking lessons, you know, on the couch. And it's so powerful. And also because you have to understand too, or you have to understand, but um, if kids are going to have differing opinions to you because they're from a different generation. Right. So it's not for you to necessarily give them your identity, but it's for you to be as Christ-like as possible in the way that you teach them how to critically think for themselves. That's
1: so we want them to awesome.
2: understand the faces of our faith. We want them to understand who God is, and how Jesus loves and that the Bible is important and that prayer is real. And we want him to understand these things. But then we also want them to sit there and ask us a question, but God, but but mom, I, I prayed for that and I didn't I didn't get it. Okay, why do you think that is? Let's talk about it. You know, I I I love that that's the way I am raised and I I plan on doing that same thing. Yeah. Um but I think that's I mean, that's just me. That's just me A Children's no, I TV. Love it.
1: <laughs> just me. I no, we get <laughs> to
0: touch, you know, I don't even know what your viewership is, but I'm sure millions of people, um, and mm. if not, I'm being prophetic in this moment, and, and you me. can receive <laughs> that, <laughs> is this knowing that, like, it's really an empowerment model to mm. not not impress our identity, but expose them to their identity. And yeah. I think that is yeah. just... Phenomenal. And in, in what people say now is that public education teaches children what to think, not how to think, which is what Ooh. you're saying is the evoking Ooh. of let's teach you how to think and we'll right. have conversation and present here's some ideas. This is the what, yeah. but here's yeah. the how. And then what happens in the middle is the Bible, right? Yeah. This exactly. is the inserting of truth because what and how can be really different if there is not the filter of truth. And yeah. that's why, you know, I was with some people last night who have raised seven children. They're all adults at this point, And many of which are entrepreneurs. They have 15 grandchildren, just like wise okay. sages, right? And yeah. they made the statement about their raising of children and the element of understanding that they all went through different things. Some of them went through addiction. Um, some of them don't have children yet. So there's that element of like, when's my time? There's all these mm-hmm. senses of curiosity. And they just had to be the most Christ like that they could be in certain situations and to discipline, even though discipline could be a conversation, but to discipline in a way that would still honor love, that love would be the element of discipline mm-hmm. rather than spanking or rather than Mm -hmm. um, ridicule or time out. It's more that Mm -hmm. conversation of time in. And I think that's what we as a generation of parents and individuals, because even my peer needs time in with me, not time out. They don't want to feel any more rejection and abandonment than they already feel. And that's the church, right? The church is giving people time out. They're giving people rejection. They're giving people abandonment. In their mm-hmm. darkest, most sinful spot where they need to be held. They need to be loved. They need time yeah. in. Now, maybe yeah. they take a time off the pulpit. Maybe they take the time mm-hmm. out of the spotlight, but don't mm-hmm. kick them out.
2: Yeah. I know. Actually, it's so funny. Like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, um, if someone does something wrong in the eyes of the church or they, been in a really big way, or whatever, yeah. um, how does the church react to that like yeah. is that if a kid was to understand, okay, this happened here and then that happened, and now that person doesn't go to church anymore, uh mom, why'd that happen? If we could just look at it from the childlike eyes mm-hmm. there, we're so missing good. something,
1: you know because. So good.
2: my mom was like uh she's like the greatest sage wisdom i love my mom she was literally like i think pastors should only get the pulpit 10 years and then they have to serve in a different way and she was like the way way that society is it um it's becoming harder and harder and harder every single year if you have a platform where your face is out there for you to inherit the kingdom of god because it's like Mm. Money goes with it. The notoriety goes with it. Your words hold more weight than the Bible. Sometimes people will quote you instead of the Bible.
0: Yes. And oh my gosh, you're giving me chills years. right now.
2: And then I was like, maybe if they just get 10 years. That would be that would be great because then they'd be like, oh, it yeah, could just like, I don't know, like I can't oh, speak I to that. Love that.
1: There's something
2: to be said for it, right? Yeah.
1: Because I, I want to say too.
2: Before you said, had any advice for hosts? Because I have advice for you know entrepreneurs, but specifically with hosts, when it's our face. Um, before you get a platform, you need accountability, and you need to check in on it as much as possible. Because one thing for me was, during COVID, I realized, or quarantine, Toronto had the longest quarantine oh, in yeah. the North. North was we were locked down. like yeah. We wouldn't even have to bench outside for some portions <laughs> of it. And I realized that like the accountability I had when I was going to church on Sunday, the, the actual people yeah. I haven't spoken to them in ages. I was like, wait, I'm not accountable to anyone. Anything can be happening in my life right now, and I wouldn't have to tell a soul. Like, I wouldn't have to tell anyone. I'm like, that's not cool. And so I already have a platform, so I'm like, okay. So I'm doing my due diligence right now to re-engage with those people, but then also um, to bring on new people who I've started to develop relationships with to have accountability, because it's just kind of human nature to see a person on a pulpit and want to be more like them. Mm-hmm. But we're not trying to be like them. We're trying to be like Jesus.
1: Yes.
2: So that person, and I, and I just feel such a weight of that. I feel a weight of people who, Misha, wow, she's on TV every Saturday. Like, I want to be like her. And I'm like, nah, like I'm trying to be like Jesus. Don't try yes. to be like me
1: after yes. because
2: it's a constant battle to be more like Christ. So, you know, if I get, when I get my 10 years, you know, I want to bow out gracefully and be like, as yes, long as I can do God's calling on my life and then not ruin anyone else's life along the way. Like I'll do it like, um, John Mark Comer, who's this author and uh, pastor. I love this guy. Like I met him yeah. one time with his parents and they were trying okay. to set me up with someone. They were like, "We're going to find a husband for you. I was like, you guys are amazing. Um, But I love him because he wrote a book, Loveology, and he was running a church for a long time, and then he took a step back. And I remember just being like, Whoa, pastors can do that? Like, take a step back from the pulpit, and it's like welcomed. Like, there are other voices in the community who can speak. What? And I just really respected that and also love that. And I also recommend any single woman to read Loveology that he wrote because it's so good. Um, But yeah absolutely well That's i think there,
0: like there's an element of the need for sabbatical right and they do this as doctors they do this in other fields and they do it pretty well and yeah. like the pastoral anointing feels as if well god has called you and therefore this is where you must remain and Ooh. yet you talked about like the sin concept and like people being kicked out there's yeah. almost a filter that has cr- been created and obviously no pun intended to the massive amounts of filters that we now have access to. No filter <laughs> on this show, BTW. Um, but it's knowing that they have filtered their life so much that that accountability that you're talking to is actually behind the filter. And so there's no evidence of truth. They're only seeing that person as a filter because heaven forbid, the truth comes out on the things that are happening in secret, right? And so I love that you made the analogy even to yourself and what was transpiring during COVID when you were isolated. They say all the time that your true identity or your true character shows up when you're alone, right? (sighs) What are you doing when no one's watching? They say this all the time. And the pastors get into this place where no one's watching because they're completely alone because they have no accountability and the enemy is knocking at their door. And what's happening on the flip side of that when something becomes aware and we're seeing like 1,500 pastors are leaving the ministry each year Mm -hmm. and not because they're taking a sabbatical because they're either being kicked out or they're committing suicide or they're exhausted and so they're burnt out. And I hate to see that when someone has been anointed, but just as if Moses was only called to his anointing for a certain duration of time, and then he literally disappeared. God took him, right? And then it was Joshua's turn. It only happened for a certain duration of time. And so I feel like there's a huge conversation to be had about the tailor-made concept, tailor-made associated to God's timing and they get so filtered that I think that they stay in a space where they actually are meant to move on.
2: Yeah. I even think, like, because you said about the filter thing, it just, like, woke me up a bit to, I was telling people that sometimes in Christian media, we do the the bow at the end of a story, like, and then she had the baby.
1: Yes. Yay!
2: And I always go, what about the time she did not? What about that she never did? And it's, like, in the church, not, Mm -hmm. like, in social media, in podcasts, because we're talking about it out here. Yeah. But, like, in the church, on the pulpit, can we tell the story from the middle and then also from that space say God is still sovereign in the middle? Like,
1: that's why I want my
2: singleness so openly. And I want to always mention my singleness. Every single opportunity platform I get. Yes, yes. I so desperately want to be married. It's a desire of my heart. in the middle I'm here right now telling you that God is sovereign now whether I get married or not even though I want it so bad He is sovereign right now it is hard I have my super hard days but ultimately God is sovereign right now and I want more of that from what we hear from the pulpit on a Sunday speaking out that in the middle like when they're in the middle because I think a lot of our pastors feel like they can't talk about it in the middle because it will seem like they have less faith but in, that, in actual fact, it's an opportunity to show what God is doing in the middle of it, not just at the end when you get the... Yeah, I to tell you this
0: story. Yeah, like yeah. this is the best story ever. Yeah, yeah. But I totally agree. So long, but, yeah. And honestly, if you think about even a movie or a script, I'm sure, and your essence or even any of the books in the chapters or books in the chapters, chapters in a book, <laughs> It's the knowing that like the middle ground is the most monumental that's called the climax, right? Because you're getting to a place of holy cow. There's so much adrenaline. There's so much that could happen. There's so much that could go right. There's so much Mm -hmm. that could go wrong. Who's the protagonist? Who's the antagonist? Like there's a lot happening in the middle.
1: Mm -hmm. And you have the
0: beginning and the end. And so I think that there's such value to that. Even this past weekend, I was speaking at a conference, a women's conference in Iowa. I I know Iowa. I I, I don't know why people go to Iowa, but now I do because the people are lovely and it's beautiful. Um, But I was there and this woman, she comes up to stage and she, in her bio, had read that she had been... She's, you know, hikes Mount Kilimanjaro. She's been a speaker for 15 years. She's written a book. She has like all this, all these accolades. And she gets up there and she starts talking and she started talking about the fact that she had essentially this heart condition and it put her in a coma for an entire month just in December. And I'm seeing her standing on stage and I'm like, where's this story going? What's the outcome that has transpired in six months that has her standing on another stage? And the essence of the entire message was the fact that she had no idea. The fact that she was just leaning in to the middle and she had an interesting panel that occurred right after that. And the person was moderating, asking her all these questions. And she's like, quite frankly, I don't know. And I feel for the first time in my life that it's okay that I don't know. And that is so powerful because that's the sovereignty of God. We can't possibly Mm -hmm. understand in all of the essence of our faith, that's the faith without seeing, right? It's like, I don't know, but I know he's sovereign. And so I think that what if we taught our kids to be okay with that? You know, Mm -hmm. I, I always have this conversation from a parenting perspective, and I'd be curious if you've ever done anything on any of your shows about this. It's very commonplace in two ways. One, people will actually create identity for your children when they meet them, right? Yeah. They Like my daughter, for instance, who's quiet, more quiet. She's actually not quiet at all. People would tell me when she was little, she's so shy. Oh, it's okay. She's just shy. And like, she's actually, she's not shy. She's the opposite of shy. She's analyzing mm-hmm. you. She's just uh-huh. reading you. When she gets comfortable, yeah. if you allow her to trust you, she'll come full out, full bore. And my son, who's really like, and like fun and crazy. They're like, I think he has ADD. And I'm like, no, no, he doesn't. He's a boy. He wants to get run around and dirty and play and wrestle. And like, he doesn't want to sit there and read a book. Now my daughter would sit and read a book forever. That doesn't mean that you need to label my children. So a conversation of labeling is huge and it's done in innocence. They didn't mean anything by it, but I'm like, hold on. Don't give my children any like complex about who they are, who they are not. And then the other element that I think is really powerful is the fact that we, when we talked about teaching them what to, or what to think versus how to think is uh, my mind just literally went blank. Maybe God just wanted me to share about identity. I don't know what the <laughs> second one was. If it comes back to me, I'll share it with you. But really that identity complex is huge too. Yeah, um, exactly. Golly, that was so good. I wanted to ask you. Anyway, what do you think <laughs> about that?
1: Well, good. Yeah,
2: but you're right. I think even I was, when you said that, I thought, what was my thing? I think it was. Uh, I'm I'm very tall. I know you only really get this much of me right now, but I'm yeah. five eleven, and I have oh, like a
1: yeah. personality
2: of like six four. So when I like enter a room, I people when I was a kid, people would say, "Oh, she's gonna be a basketball player.
1: Totally. She's gonna be a basketball
2: player." And my brothers are tall as well. Oh, they're gonna be basketball players. And I remember us all being like, "We're from England, right? So we were all about soccer." So right. we were like. Basketball, what like and i just remember I it being too big and like and i tried it and I, you know it's funny like i have no i don't really have a competitive streak like at all so i remember finding myself in situations where i was like i don't even think i'm a sports person but like <laughs> telling you for so many years that i was i'm like i kind of just want to like do stand-up comedy right now like is that cool oh, like you so know what I like so different but it's it's interesting because um with kids you're right often people will identify them right away by however they perceive them. And then the kid kind of takes it on. But what's exciting is I meet parents all the time who just have a really, um, not intense intention, but they take the time to sit down with their kid in really normal situations, like in the car coming home from soccer practice or whatever. And they'll talk about, you know, serious things about who they are as a person. And they kind of walk up to them, like, like, who do you want to be? What do you think a good friend is? Like what makes a good friend? Like those kind of questions. Yeah, I think you really appreciate it. You know, like, Oh mom talking to me about something that's serious. Not just like what's your favorite toy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes.
0: Um, oh, you just I reminded me by. of what I wanted to oh, say. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it. this conversation of, um, who do, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Yeah. They're constantly asking this from three years old. What do you yeah. want grow up, a princess? Oh, which princess is your favorite? I'm like, whoa! Don't have, like they're still figuring it out, and they don't yeah. have to have any pressure associated to that identity or lack thereof. It's literally perfect yeah. to what you're saying. You mm-hmm. should identify as a basketball player. Should I?
1: Yeah,
0: I don't think so. Right. Yeah. And so we're exposing our kids to entrepreneurship super early. And giving them the lens of being the leader while also yeah. being like the one who's in charge of finances and letting them play all of these different <laughs> roles, the marketing role, the financial role, the, oh, you know, the, yeah. the sales role, all these different places and seeing like, where's there's, where are they really good at? And my son is really good to the end, this is of what I shared earlier at delegating. He cannot okay. wait. To pass the ball and be the one who's just the visionary. He's like, this person's going to actually make the artwork I, and all I'm going to do is sell it, but I'm going to put this amount of money to it. He's eight y'all. I'm not joking. I'm going to make it this amount of money and I'm only going to pay them this amount of money. If you see me on live, he's like, he's shooting for the stars, right? And I'm like, well, we also have to talk about fair wage and you know fair employee value, <laughs> operating costs associated to that. Mom actually used her driving money to take you to the store to get that stuff.
1: It's so yeah. really
0: interesting, right? To really you know follow with what it is that they're made to do and not put limits on the fact of who they're supposed to be and so yeah. I think it'd be a really good show just to be like what do you want to be when you grow up because that's what everybody says but instead ask um,
1: a different question
0: what are you passionate about right now?
2: Yeah. Yes, yes I, I love asking them that, we have this season, a part of season one where we were talking about uh, are they a good brother or sister like oh, what do you guess. think it means to be a good sibling it was so cute but also what was great about it was just give them an opportunity to, to, to critical think what mm-hmm. is a good brother? Am I the compositor? Is that a priority? Do I even care about my Good Brothers? Like right. all that kind of <laughs> This season, which is coming out in fall, we were talking about um a ways in which they grew their faith. So it was like really like blanket statement. Like, cool. tell a story in a way that you grew your faith. And the whole crew was crying every time because some of these kids have said things that I was like, I didn't even know you identified that as a thing that God did for you. Like, I thought you just kind of thought it happened or whatever. But we realize there's such great critical thinking happening within our group. And, and it comes from themselves. I always say when I give them a homework assignment, whether it's acting coaching or whether it's actual, like, for the show, I'll say, it has to be them. Like, I ask the parents, like, give them the space to do it themselves. Because I know the parents are going to get them, like, the perfect Bible verse and and na 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 I want to hear from them, you know, because... As I said, I'm not around kids very much. So I really want to hear what they think. And it has been such a blessing to just hear them say what they want to say. Even one woman, one girl was like, first season, she came in and she was like, you know, Misha, I've always wanted to be an actress. Like, I think it would be great. And I'm like, that's great. Because that's what you're doing on this show. So that's <laughs> awesome. And then this season, she's like, no, I am a worship leader. Like, that's who I am. Mm. Like, decided. She's nine. She's decided. That's who I am. I was like, great. I love it. Like, whatever, you, you know, heart desires. for me, it was just exciting because she felt like she could jump around in her identity and whatever. And to be honest with you, I'm 32 today. I don't even know what I want to do when I grow up. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. come on.
1: Uh, I I
0: totally agree. I totally (laughs) agree. And that's what's so beautiful about life. It's what's so beautiful about the gift of breath. Like every day we get to become and change and evolve and lean Mm -hmm. into the next prompting that the Holy Spirit gives us to change our identity to shift into more like him. That's what the whole concept is. And he wasn't just a carpenter. He wasn't just a teacher, right? He Mm -hmm. had all of these beautiful identities as friend and father Mm -hmm. and, you know son and so i think it's important for us not to put ourselves in boxes i love yeah. that you're giving children the opportunity also to teach us as parents us yeah. as adults because we need to listen to what what they're saying we also need to mm-hmm. prompt the childlike faith in ourselves um, and yeah. I think that's ultimately what your show is doing. So I'm super grateful that it's in the world. Y'all, we've been talking for so long. We could stay here all day. Don't <laughs> oh, you yeah. love
1: Misha Watson? Misha, <laughs> tell- I love you.
0: <laughs> so good. Tell my tell my community, like, what's the best way that we can support you? Obviously, we can get on YouTube and share your show with yeah. our children. Uh, what else? What's another way that we okay, can help support? So-
2: I always like to say, follow me on Instagram, on my personal Instagram. That's or oh, Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Misha. Misha, yeah.
1: Um, really, because I'm working on a lot of different
2: projects, but they're all around just empowering people to have a personal relationship with God. The time in which I didn't, I wasn't a Christian. Let's just put it very blankly. When I wasn't a Christian, it was like seven years of my life. Um, I didn't know that I was supposed to have a personal relationship. I thought it was kind of grandfathered in like my mom had it. So I have it like that's how it goes, so but true. I'm doing projects with, uh, with my, the kids and my show, hey Misha, but I'm also working on a lot of things where it's all centered around having a personal relationship with God. So I would love for anyone who's listening right now to just, uh, reach out and kind of pay attention to what we're doing on there. Obviously, hey Misha, hey Misha.com, and on YouTube as well. But ultimately, I'm down to just make some more friends. So if you want to yeah. say hi, you're in Toronto ever, I can take you out. I, know the best
0: spots. Oh, good. I love Toronto. We went, um, we actually came the week before COVID breakout. We were oh, there.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So it was our last, like, well, actually, we still traveled the whole time during COVID, but it was kind yeah. of the last pre-mask situation. So it was awesome to travel this oh. past week and not have a mask on the airplane. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> For <freedom. I> <laughs> yeah. Oh. but I will come to Toronto. I can't wait. It's going to be epic yes. to hug your neck sister. And I'm super excited to hear more about like just the breakout of the Holy spirit and what's happening in women and the church where you are, because it's something that's actually a lot of revival that's transpiring here um, in the States and even just locally in my community. So we'll connect about that. You guys definitely touch base with Misha. Again, it's I am Misha on Instagram, and you all know that's where I hang out too. So we'll connect with you there. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for hanging tough with us this entire hour. We hope you got some incredible value out of it. I know I did. And so we're mm-hmm. grateful for you being on the Fit and Faith podcast. Misha, thanks for being here sister.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually. I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts and you can tag me and the guests and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration,
2: life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's word.